Hi, everybody. On Thursdays, the CityCast Houston crew talks about the things that make Houston, Houston. Today, producer Farrell Gibbs and I are joined by John Nova Lomax. He's the former host of Texas Monthly's How to Talk Like a Texan podcast, and now a writer at large for Texas Highways and the author of the excellent daily newsletter, Ruckus. He also has one of the best Texas accents I know. It's Thursday, May 19th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. John Nova, Farrell, y'all ready to talk accents? Let's talk accents. Absolutely. All right, Farrell, you said some fighting words to me earlier. You need to say that in front of Lomax. <laughs> it was a question. I, I hope it doesn't get me in trouble. <laughs> oh, what? I don't hear a Texas accent here in Houston uh-huh. at all. You know, it's, it's now I come from a land of accents. I have one. I try and hide it all the time. But Houstonians sound like South Alabamians to me. <laughs> I always heard when you come here, you're going to hear words like howdy and that, that Texan draw that you would hear from Yosemite Sam. Why you doggone crazy, idiot? That's my new hat. It sure is getting powerful warm in here. And instead, it sounds a lot like my homeland. Well, I mean, you have an accent. So are you saying that we share your accent or we we don't have an accent? I'm saying when I go to Lowe's or True Value Hardware Store and I say, hey, y'all, where do you keep the weed eaters at? <laughs> Nobody's looking at me sideways when I say it. They say, oh, it's over there on aisle seven. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell different Southern accents apart, Farrell? I can't. Oh. I can't, but I'm, I'm not, I mean, I have traveled, but I'm not well-traveled. I do know that when I go certain places in the world, even out West, if I go to Seattle, Denver, they look at me very weird. Right. I've never been looked at weird in Houston. I have this feeling though, that the accent probably changes the more West Texas that you get, but I don't even know that for sure. What I've heard is that Houston has sort of all the Southern accents kind of mixed up together, that we have this kind of pan Southern accent. If you've got a good ear for language, and if you grew up in a place that has a really distinctive accent, you can hear different Southern accents. But Houston has this funny sort of blended Southern accent, and now we're getting like all these international influences. And I don't think it's quite shaken out yet. But John Nova, you have like, what generation Houstonian are you? How many years have, has your family been here? They all moved here after the war, most of them from other parts of Texas. I was sort of raised by my maternal grandparents, and they had wildly different Texas accents. So, like, I, I sort of began to develop an ear for accents there because my grandmother was from Beaumont. My grandfather was from Fort Worth. Okay, so East Texas and West Texas. Yeah, and you know, Beaumont is is, is a straight up Louisiana accent. Like the whole family would would haze her for her pronunciation of certain words. Like what? She would say, uh, "Drink your orange juice." <laughs> you better pray to the Lord. But you know, in sort of a gentler, more sing-song tone. Whereas my grandfather had this sort of courtly Fort Worth accent. Mm-hmm. Always kind of reminded me of James Baker. Don't brag about yourself you once wrote. Let others point out your virtues, your good points. Well, today, Mr. President, I am that other. You know, I was talking to uh, John Barry Williams, who's long been uh, James Baker's uh, speechwriter, mm-hmm. and asking him about, you know, is there a Houston accent? And I don't think that John 
grew up in Houston. I think he's from Austin. But he was like, no, there's not a Houston accent. And I was like, well, what about your boss? You know, to me, that's like the epitome of an aristocratic Houston accent. Right. This family that's been here for yeah, heaven knows how many generations. They founded Rice. Right. He has this theory that uh, he put that on when he went to D.C. because he wanted to sound cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But he said he's going to look into it. That is a hypothesis that is unproven at this point. To me, it was kind of an example of a Houston accent. Billy Gibbons has a Houston accent. Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top. I'll never forget the opening night. We played Foxy Lady and we're going into the intro to Purple Haze and I happened to look over on the side of the stage and there in the shadows was Jimi Hendrix with his arm folded, grinning. And we came off stage and he said... Yeah, Marvin Zindler had one. Next guest is a flamboyant and highly effective consumer advocate for Channel 13 in Houston, Texas. The Sambo's restaurant at 4602 Tacoma is still closed for cleanup and repairs. They will not open up until the health department gives them an okay. Well, tomorrow, we'll visit a fast food chain that doesn't like clowns on their property, but that didn't stop me. Marvin Zindler, Eyewitness News. Marvin Zindler, the TV news, slime and the ice machine, Marvin Zindler. You know, I moved back and forth between Nashville and Houston in the 70s, and there seemed to be this uh, kind of shame attached towards having a Houston accent in the 70s or any kind of Southern accent, because I would come back down here and my family, after I'd been in Nashville for a while, would, uh, would tease me for uh, sounding like a hillbilly. But, you know, I would I would say things like, I'm really tired of my school. <laughs> and they were like, school? And there was a tendency to, to move from y'all to you guys yeah. at the time, which I just abominate. Are you talking about in Tennessee or generally a move from y'all to you guys? No, in Houston. 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 Because you didn't want to sound Southern or hickish. And now we're swinging back because it's politically correct. You guys excludes women. I think so. And so now I'm hearing Northerners sort of trying to say y'all. You hear them say it in quotation marks, and it drives me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it's come back in Houston, and I hear it, not just Southern white people, but or in black people, but also like in immigrants. Immigrant kids who grew up in Houston say y'all. Right. Naturally. You know, it's like a straight up translation of Ustedes. Sure. It's the only thing that really works because, you know, you guys does not work for sexist reasons. Oh, so it's annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds New Jersey, you guys. (laughs) I can't even do it right. I've written uh, hot defenses of of y'all before, and uh, I will continue to do so. I I will fight on the ramparts for y'all forever and ever. Why? It's just correct. That is not an argument. I agree with you, but it is it is an aesthetic thing. It sounds right. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of language or dialect. It sounds right. That is, by God, how good people do it. Yeah. Good people say y'all, right? It's warm, too. It's very friendly. You know? How y'all doing? Y'all come on in. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, a, it's like a warm blanket over folks. And if you need to be even more inclusive, you say all y'all. Emphasize it. Or if you're in a tirade. All y'all is really great too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All y'all need to leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that annoys me immensely, though, is when Northern linguists will insist against all evidence from anyone who actually speaks the dialect that we use it in the singular because they misinterpret certain situations. 
you know, like uh, these linguists should be canceled for saying this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but give an example. When do they use it singular? John McPherson has has done it recently. His case was bizarre. He he said that uh, we will use y'all in the singular to be compassionate. Like, say, if you're talking to someone you just met and they tell you, I'm here in town because my mother has cancer, and then they will say, well, God bless y'all. Yeah, or I hope y'all are all right. Yeah, because you're talking about the person and the mother. Right, exactly. I yeah. can translate that. Okay. But he insisted, that ain't compassionate. Yeah. <laughs> Not particularly, I mean. You know, he insisted yeah. that that person is referring to only the person who's being spoken to. You know, and the, the, the example I thought of, because I'm a ne'er-do-well, <laughs> is, you know, say you get pulled over, you know, and the policeman pulls you out of the car and he takes you to his car and he's talking to you and he says, so where are y'all going? Why are y'all in such a hurry? He's not speaking to you. He's speaking to you and everyone in the car. He would never say that if you were the only one in the car. They'd say it in Alabama. They'd be like, what's y'all's hurry? Even if you're the only one in the car. Yeah. But I mean, we can't use Alabama as an example here. <laughs> I mean, we're talking Texas, but yeah, I've, I've heard that before. I mean, but you've seen it in movies, too. Well, movies don't count. Movies aren't real. (laughs) Farrell, do you not know that? Well, I mean, it's the stereotype. You know, you got the two guys on the porch, and they're wearing overalls with no undershirt. And then the city slicker walks by, and they go, why y'all in such a hurry? That that happens. In the movies. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with Lisa here. You know, I see in your car scenario, Farrell, that uh, they're assuming you have a captive in the trunk. That would explain your hurry. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, for me, I've just never had that happen. I mean, nobody has ever used y'all to me in the singular. And H.L. Um, Mencken did it in his Dictionary of American English. H.L. Mencken. Yeah. Famous Southerner? Well, Baltimore. Yeah. That Baltimore don't count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, you know, he wrote the, the first book on the American language and he was another one who insisted that uh, we did something we just don't do. Yeah. So maybe they do it in Baltimore. Maybe they do it in Mobile, Alabama. They don't do it, Houston. We do not <laughs> do that here. I will I will fight with you on this one. No. I have not heard it here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm still trying to figure out what this Texan accent is. I, I, I actually went and took an instructional this morning. I went to WikiHow. They have a lesson on how to sound Texan. Oh, Farrell. And, and they, they actually have pictures of how to form your mouth to sound Texan. Like I'm looking at it right now. The phrase is, I'm taking a look. I'm taking a look is the first way it's pronounced. But if you want to sound like a Texan, you say A-H apostrophe M taking a look. I'm taking a look. And then the second one, they have singing. You sh- you're supposed to say sangin. S-A-N-G-I-N. I mean, I go through all of these and it just sounds like a Southern accent. So what expert has written this Wikipedia guide for you, Farrell? <laughs> Let me see if somebody put their name on this. Oh, the WikiHow staff uh-huh. did. Oh, yay. The WikiHow staff. <laughs> Noted Texans. Right up there with H.L. Mangum. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like they're confusing their Southern with their Texan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of that is is kind of right. I mean, I'm not sure that there is a Texan accent. No. There are a lot of Texan accents. One ad, a radio ad that drives me crazy for reasons I won't go into. The uh, CEO, I think, of uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield of, of Texas. And I, I listened to it a few times and I was like, 
you know what? I bet this guy went to Baylor. <laughs> and as I look at health insurance, Blue Cross is at the center of a big integrated. How can you pinpoint Baylor? There's something about these Texas Baptists. <laughs> you know, and so I looked into it. He, he has an undergraduate degree from Baylor, but he's not even from Texas. He's from Dalton, Georgia. He adopted the Baylor accent. Yeah. He adopted the Baylor accent. Kind of sound like a successful football coach. <laughs> sort of underlined certain words like uh, moral fiber. And have admired uh, the company. And to have an opportunity to, to lead Blue Cross in Texas is a crowning achievement in my, in my career. He, he, he just has it down. Uh, you know, I'm convinced that's how he's advanced his career is just by the way he's able to say words like integrity. <laughs> You know. <laughs> okay, so do different universities have different accents in Texas? Well, Lisa, I believe that Rice has an accent. What? All right, so you've, you've, I've heard you talk about this before. I went to Rice. What, do you, what is the Rice accent? It's just kind of a fancy Southern accent. Fancy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Larry McMurtry did not talk like he was from Archer City. Rice grabs uh, talk fast. Faster and fancier. Lonesome Dove comes out as a very, very successful miniseries, and within a few months, I have six imposters ranging from the Mexican beach towns to yeah. uh, to a little trailer camp community south of Tucson to Fort Worth, Dallas to Houston. <laughs> That's not just a better vocabulary. That's something to do with SAT scores. The vocabulary for sure. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I also think it's changing. I mean, yeah. I was at Rice at the tail end of that period when it was a regional university. Yeah. I was there when they were really pushing to become a big national university and to attract people from all over. Yeah. And so you still had a lot of people from podunk towns, you know, the smartest yeah. kid in the high school right. um, who were there trying to look smart like everybody else who was around them. Not sure who else was trying to hide their accent. But I think that's been changing, you know, as Rice becomes yeah. more of a global draw. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think you're absolutely right there. And, you know, it's probably a fading thing. Is there a Texas A&M accent? There is a Texas A&M dialect. <laughs> like what? Say something. Uh, you know, howdy and all that. Yeah, howdy. Do you hear how, howdy at A&M? Farrell, you, your wife goes to A&M. Yes, they greet each other that way. But I, I've never heard it with oomph behind it, as if they were born with the word howdy in their mouth. It's like they came here and they were told <laughs> this is the way Texas A&M people greet each other. This is how Aggies talk. Right. And yeah. so howdy is very, you know, it's just very non-accented. Not like something you would think in a Western where you walk into the saloon and somebody goes, howdy. You know, it's they don't say howdy. like They say howdy, you know. <laughs> I used to say things like howdy, howdy, you know, just to friends. But were you doing it with just a tinge of irony? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I say hallelujah sometimes just to rock people back. One of the things that we don't really talk about much is like you go down into the valley and the rio grande valley boy there's some accents down there just the way they talk uh so heavily influenced by spanish or spanglish or whatever you know it's just yeah uh, i mean we have some of that deep in houston like do other yeah. cities have esplanades in the middle of their streets don't they have medians houston has this, this strange relationship with new orleans that way oh so you think it's coming from french and not from spanish yeah you know as far west as beaumont they used to call sidewalks uh banquettes wow so are there other words that kind of brand you as a houstonian this is another one that infuriates me <laughs> is the doodlebug <laughs> phenomenon you hear people call them pill bugs what else the little like bugs that when roly polies yeah. when you pick them up and you Touch yeah. them, they curl into a ball. 
Roly poly, yeah. From New Orleans to Houston, they're called doodlebugs. There was a dialect test that was floating around the internet circa 2000, and that was the last question: was what do you call those bugs? And I answered doodlebug. It told me that answer was unacceptable. <laughs> I was just outraged. You know, <laughs> because I was like, "You're asking me about my opinion. You tell me my opinion is invalid." <laughs> but then uh, that New York Times dialect test came out about six or eight years ago. That that test that is the one that pointed out something I hadn't realized, which is this one word that pegs Houstonians, or not a word, it's a phrase, feeder road. Right. You know what do you call a road parallel to the freeway? You call it a frontage road or a belt line. You ain't from around here. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that's kind of perfect. You know, the one thing that current Houstonians all share, you know, my God, is our experience of freeways. Yeah. Some people just make it feeder. (laughs) You get on the feeder. You know, the first time I I, I saw a frontage road was on the highway coming back from Galveston. And it was right after uh, those, you know, there's an exit for Lamarck. Then there's an exit for some road with like a really Cajun name. And I thought of... I thought it was Frontage Road. <laughs> because it's foreign. <laughs> You're Frontage, you know. Oh, let's talk a little bit more about that Louisiana influence on the Houston accent. Because I think I hear that a lot in like the black sort of Creole accents that you hear around here. Oh, yeah. The sort of country rap sound that sounds really different than, you know, rappers from New Jersey or Los Angeles. It does. It's hard to, I think, for white people to really distinguish, but Louisiana accents are the one that could really pick out. There's just something about the vowels that are uh, easier to pick out. This is a strip from New Orleans through Lafayette and Lake Charles to, uh, like, Megan the Stallion, to me, has kind of more of a Creole accent than um most rappers. I'm 100% from Houston, Texas, but my mother was pregnant with me in Houston. My grandmother is from San Antonio, and she was like, you need to come have this baby in San Antonio. So my mama drove to San Antonio, had me in the hospital, and took me right back to the age. All right, well, thank y'all for talking with me. That was John Nova Lomax and Farrell Gibbs. Farrell, what other news is happening around town today? Thank you, Lisa. Kind of a scary article out yesterday, Texas Tribune. It's called Seven Ways Climate Change is Hitting Texans. First, the temps are increasing, of course, and they're doing so even at night compared to historical data, with the most dramatic increases in temp happening in urban areas. Hurricanes that are hitting the coast are stronger due to warming oceans. Seas are higher along the Texas coast, which increases our vulnerability to storm surges. The article even said that freezes, like winter storm Uri, could happen more frequently due to Arctic changes. Finally, there's becoming a scarcity of water due to droughts and more risk of illness like lake-borne amoeba or West Nile virus. Because of many of these factors, migration could be a way that climate change hits Texans, meaning that people could flock here as poverty and food insecurities rise. That is it for today. If y'all have thoughts on Houston or Texas accents, we would love to hear them. And one way you can get in touch with us is to tweet us. We are at CityCast Houston. We will be back tomorrow. Bye.
I don't think the American coot is going to attract a whole lot of people. Maybe. Maybe they're coot fans. 